Yeah, Donovan Edwards. What's his over under rushing yards? 30 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the over yeah, on that. Quorum's 101 and a half. I don't know if I like the over on Quorum's. <laughs> I, think they'll, I think they'll split them a little bit more evenly um, uh-huh. than people are expecting. I think Edwards will get more carries, more touches. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two podcast. I'm your host, TB. I got my co-host, producer extraordinaire, all things you've heard all year, Jody. What's up, Joe? Week 18, how we feeling? Hey, man, playoffs are upon us, and for one, I'm surprised you didn't mention that I'm not wearing glasses today. I'm just rolling with the contacts. My eyes will probably burn by the end of the episode, but it is what it is. Well, uh, good thing Good thing we've got kind of a quicker show today. We're just going to run down what happened in week 18 give out our last awards of the year and then uh, we'll be back later in the week with a little playoff breakdown once we know all the matchups we're recording here during the start of the Sunday night football game so we still don't quite know our official playoff matchups or when the games will be yet it's always kind of a fun reveal is what what game gets put to the super wild card Monday which yeah. games are on Saturday which games are on Sunday all that good stuff so we don't quite know all that yet um, we got the Bills and the Dolphins playing right now, but we'll run through everything that happened this week. First and foremost, Joe, we do have to talk about college football one last time this year. <laughs> Go We've got Monday. the national championship the game, tomorrow. Man. Yeah. How do you feel about Who it? You got- Honestly, so how I'm do just I feel about Michigan. it? Yeah, I'm rolling Michigan. I, I mean, I, I had all, I had the odds stock stacked up against them last week. That's not how it played out. It clearly they were the better team all around, and even with like some mishaps early on, like they still got it done. And you know the main reason I I went against you not just because you know I wanted to to give you a hard time had they not won, but I went with the SEC. I bet on them, and that's not how it all played out. So I think usually not a bad bet. Yeah, I, I think. The, the your biggest issue will probably be just their ability to to throw the ball deep. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm not saying your secondary is weak, but I'm saying they can move the ball quickly. And I I don't know if you guys are built to score that quickly. You guys like to ground and pound a little bit more. And so I don't know, but I think you guys will just be the better team all around and figure it out. Get some pressure up in in the D line and figure it out. Well, I think. I've finally come to the prediction 35-27 Michigan. I like the over wow. in that game. I know a lot of people like the under. I think Michigan's defense will get after them early. I think Washington will figure some stuff out later. Um, I think Michigan's ground and pound attack is actually going to be able to score pretty easily on Washington early on. So I, I have a feeling Michigan gets out to an early lead. UW plays catch up and makes Michigan fans sweat it out big time. Um, once they <laughs> kind of figure out what Michigan, bit. yeah, you know, just like Michigan, um, you know, once you once you figure out Michigan is, uh, or Penix figures out what Michigan's in, he finds his matchups with Roma mm-hmm. Dunze, they'll a little bit of a breakout, and then I think they'll make it interesting at the end. But I've got, I've got Michigan covering the spread, Michigan straight up, and I like the over. If you're looking for maybe a prop bet, something that you want to bet on the game. I would imagine that 
JJ or that uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm each have big games if Michigan is to um, win. Donovan Edwards has not had a big game yet this year, really. And I think tomorrow could be the game. So maybe bet the uh, the over on his rushing yards. And then on the other side, I really do think that uh, Penix that will Edwards? still find a way to. Yeah, Donovan Edwards, what's his over under rushing yards? 30 and a half? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the over yeah, on that. Quorum's 101 and a half. I don't know if I like the over on Quorum. <laughs> See, I, think they'll, I think they'll split them a little bit more evenly. Um, uh-huh. Than people are expecting. I think Edwards will get more carries, more touches. I still like Penix to go over on his passing yards. I saw his somewhere around two ninety. I I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if he still gets his. Is what I see. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he still gets his yards. But Michigan wins the game, so that's why I've got thirty five twenty seven Michigan. My official pick. So we'll see, and uh, should be a great game. Very excited for it. Uh, but hopping back over to week 18, here we go. We'll start yesterday. I got I got the first game. I'll let you take the second one. The the Steelers, they find a way to beat the Ravens in week 18 in a slugfest in the rain. The Ravens played a lot of backups, didn't have a lot to play for. However, they were still trying to beat them, and uh, the Steelers found a way to win and not only win, but that ended up uh, clinching mm-hmm. them a playoff spot because the Jacksonville Jaguars lost today. We'll talk about them later. But yeah. the uh, the Steelers, they're in with that win. Yep, that was a clutch game for for the men, Mike Tomlin and the squad. I mean, granted, it was against uh, what's his? I don't know his first name. Tyler, I think Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Yeah, yeah, and you got to see our guy Mason Rudolph do it again, three weeks in a row, pulling it off. So glad they they made the playoffs. I know I didn't have that happening this year, but great for the Steelers making making something. Wait, you said that no, they didn't make the playoffs, right? Or they did. The Steelers? Yeah. They did. They did? They're the yeah. six? They're the... Six-y? We don't know yet. Depends on this Bills-Dolphins game tonight. All right. Well, yeah. 10-7. Figured it out. They're 10-7. They're either the six or the seven seed. Depending yeah, on the, the next of tonight's game. Yeah. Next game we're looking at is going to be the Texans. They beat uh, Indy. You know, I called the one and a half. I think they won by like five or six. I don't know. It was 23... Something, I think twenty three seventeen, I believe. Yeah, it wasn't easy money. I was sweating there late in the game, and then they they figured it out on D. But the the Colts they lose, they lost, and now they're not in the playoffs because Texans done took that spot as the they're the divisional leaders actually because you said the they won the division now. Yeah, yep. And so our guy C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's pull it off, and you know if D'Amico Ryan's wins this coach of the year by any chance your boy done called that both of those i said they win the division and he would win the thing so we'll see uh, there, there's i'm gonna say you know there's what? probably a slim very chance proud of you on that. Happen. <laughs> very proud of you i actually i think D'Amico should be the coach of the year i think there's a small there's it, 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 there's, there's a slight there's chance a it goes to kevin stefanski like, yeah um Especially i would Joe say Flacco just to give shout outs yeah, shouts out to coaches, though, who have been in the game for a while but did an excellent job this year. Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin all found ways to get their teams in the playoffs despite people maybe not liking them as much in the preseason. You know, the Packers are one of the youngest teams to ever make it. The Rams have a, a defense yeah. outside of Aaron Donald really that young. doesn't have anyone who's played more than three seasons of football. Um, yeah. And, and 
So shout out to all of those coaches figuring out ways to win and get their teams to the playoffs. But certainly most deserving guys, I would say, would be Kevin Stefanski or D'Amico Ryans. I'm hard-pressed to give it to someone other than D'Amico Ryans. I think he's done the best job. Rookie coach, rookie uh, quarterback. First time that's happened. Yeah, that's wild. Um, And and a team that was the picking second last year, you know, to playoffs. And and it's not like they've been picking in the top five, like three, four years in a row. And now you get this. So, um, you know, huge, huge accomplishment for D'Amico Ryans and the Texans. Um, We said something about the Jags earlier. So speaking of those Jaguars, they lost five out of their last six games to miss the playoffs. It's interesting. Um, They have the same record as they did last year, but you couldn't have two more opposite feelings at the end of the year, right? They started three and seven last year, won six out of seven down the stretch to get to the playoffs, finishing at nine and Mm. eight. This year they start eight and three lose five out of six to miss the playoffs same record much different feeling a year apart obviously they were able to win a playoff game as well last year they won't get that shot this year yeah um very different feeling on doug peterson and trevor lawrence going into this offseason as opposed to last offseason of course and uh we'll see what happens with them but that was a disappointing end of the year for them yeah definitely tough to see that i mean i had them doing really well and that's not how it played out so Mm -hmm. it is what it is I did too. I thought they were going to take a step. Says Jameis overruling Dennis Allen to get Jamal Williams a cheap touchdown at the end. What happened with that? Okay, so so Jody clearly didn't didn't see this one. You didn't catch this one. (laughs) Fell through, slipped through the cracks today. I think this is really weird and also very relevant, despite both the Falcons and the Saints missing the playoffs. So Uh that game, you know, the winner could potentially win the 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 NFC. South, if the mm-hmm. Buccaneers lost, the Buccaneers ended up winning, so it didn't matter. Yeah. But that still gave the Saints game. a shot at getting a wild card. They needed both the Seahawks and Packers to lose. Both those teams won, so they didn't get mm-hmm. in. None of the things they needed to happen happened. But they finished the season at nine and eight. Well, towards the end of the game, they're up forty-one seventeen. They yeah, Tyron Matthew gets a pick. He looks like it's he's going to pick six it. Uh-huh. Um, there's like a minute and change to go. And then he kind of starts high-stepping. Someone tackles him at the one. Okay. So the Saints, you know, come out there and there's like a minute and change left. They're up 41-17. Consensus says you take a knee, get out of there, game's over. Yeah. yeah. So You're they line up in victory formation. Jameis, instead of taking the knee, hands it to Jamal Williams to get him a touchdown. The backstory on that incentives? is – was it worth well, it? The backstory, the backstory on it is Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdowns last year with 17. He had not oh. scored yet this year. He had zero oh. touchdowns. And so they were trying to get him a touchdown. Arthur Smith goes absolutely ballistic on Dennis yeah, Allen after the game. Super mad, running up the score. Now, my opinion on it as a coach, having been there before, one, I don't run up the score on people, or I try not to. Right? If I was mm. in that position, I, I wouldn't you know, try and score. However, if it was done to me, I'm also not that mad about it. Like at the end of the day, you smoked us and there's yeah, nothing we can do about it. And anyways. if we were really that mad, we should have stopped you. So yeah. Arthur Smith, I think his frustration was probably less about that as much as it was like the fact that the Falcons finished 7-10 and 10 and are picking 8th yeah. in the draft for a third season in a row. That's Dang. probably where his frustration lies right now, yeah. more so than anything. And they got their butts kicked, okay? So at the end of the day, I think that's probably more what he's mad about than the actual running up of the score. But yeah. Dennis Allen, of course, gets asked about it after the game. Dennis Allen says they, the team asked him, you know, 
could we get Jamal Williams a touchdown here? And he told them, no, we're taking a knee. Oh, so Jameis okay. says, no, he we went in the huddle, heavy. talked about it as a team, and they all decided <laughs> as a team, oh, we're, getting, we're getting Jamal Williams this touchdown right now. Yeah. So they went and got Jamal Williams the touchdown, overruled their head coach. It's a bad look all the way around. Yeah, because there's bad, a lot of bad miscommunication. Look. Yeah, it's a. I don't know if there's miscommunication as much as they said, "Hey, head coach, we don't care what you think. We're gonna go do what we're gonna do." Yeah. That's not good for Dennis Allen. I don't know. That's it was a weird deal. Classic Jameis Winston. There's nothing more classic <laughs> yeah. than Jameis being like, "Nah." And you know what? Get I think he came guy. out of the total, totally out of the goodness of his heart. He just wants to get his teammate a touchdown who hadn't scored all year. Yeah. I really think that was what it was about. And he was like, "I'm gonna get my guy a touchdown." I don't mm-hmm. care if I have to take the backlash for it. That's the kind of teammate Jameis is. Well, didn't they at the same like, time, struggle in the red zone all year too? This is probably why he probably decided at this point to get him one. Yeah, I mean, he just hadn't <laughs> scored one. So yeah, And then it also perfectly encapsulates Jameis because it's the good teammate side of him. It's also the just reckless decision maker, <laughs> like what are you doing side of him yeah. at the same time. And it's the stuff that drives coaches crazy. And the uh, but also the reason his teammates absolutely love him. I, I it's it's yeah it's perfect. I love it. I thought it was a master, ma- Jameis masterclass in week eighteen. Yeah. Just when you thought you've seen enough of Jameis, we get another little thing in the Jameis career. I think it's hilarious. But moving on from yeah. the NFC South to the AFC South, um, every team in that division finished with a winning record. Jody, do you know the last time that that happened in professional football? I would have never guessed it, but I'm staring at the answer right now, so I don't want to, to break the news. <laughs> For all of you listening and waiting and like going, what? 1935, it wasn't even the NFL back then, okay? We haven't had this in AFL? NFL history. Um, I think it was the AFL, yeah. So, But, you know, before the year, we liked all four of these teams. During the year, during our hot take section uh, in the middle uh-huh. of the season, I hot take predicted – all four teams would make the playoffs. Yeah. Didn't quite get that, but we got very close. All four teams with a winning record is incredible. And we're probably a Joe Burrow injury away from the Bengals sliding in there, maybe. And we probably get more it. Than getting in. All four teams. <laughs> this is the closest we've been to four teams from one division making the playoffs. We were this yeah, close crazy. and uh, we didn't get it. But all four teams winning record, that's very impressive. Arguably the best division we've had in football in the modern era. Yeah, that is some some crazy almost a hundred years right there. A little out, a little outside of that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't want to fast forward a little bit, but speaking of nineteen like sixty, our guy Puka, he got the not only did he get the yards uh, as a rookie, set that that record, but he also got the receiving uh, reception. Sorry, as a rookie, he got one hundred five and what was it like fourteen sixty eight for the yards or something. Yeah, something, something, 1486, I think, on the oh, yards. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, some, some 105 <laughs> for 1486, and he scored another touchdown today. Yeah. Um, nice. Really awesome accomplishment. Seeing him with his mom on the sideline, at, you know, afterwards, great stuff. Also, love the McVay, like, nice, get him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we do. We got a record and they got him out. <laughs> um, awesome stuff from, from everyone involved McVay, Puka, all of it. Um, as we look at a little bit of off-season stuff um, before we turn our attention to the playoffs, the coaching carousel continuing to swirl. Um, you know, you've got, obviously, Carolina is open. 
the Chargers are open. Mm-hmm. Vegas is technically open, but interim coach Antonio Pierce might get that job. Yeah, I'd you like saw to a lot of stuff today that Ron Rivera is not safe in Washington and that they will be open. <laughs> it's not official yet. That but one that's makes sense. Talked about. Saw a lot of stuff today from Jay. Actually, specifically from Jay Glazer, reported that Bill Belichick is done in New England. That today was his last game. Okay. So New England could be open. Arthur Smith, you know, will Arthur Blank pull the trigger and fire Arthur Smith in Atlanta after a third straight year of mediocre football, not being able to get over the hump, not finding the right quarterback? Could mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. That Tennessee. A lot of rumblings about Vrabel not being happy That's in wild. Tennessee and wanting to leave. Could we see that job open? Other than that, it appears. We won't see any other changes. Um, I did hear one other little rumor, Pete Carroll oh, and the Seahawks possibly, Seattle. maybe Pete Carroll calling it a career, maybe retiring. Oh, okay. Seattle possibly saying, hey, it's time for us to get younger at the head coaching position. He's 73, old I think, way, something huh? like that. He's, he he's cool. older. He, I mean, he's just as old as Bill Belichick. I don't know how old yes. he is, but they're like the same age. Um, so maybe some could could see a change there. Um, but overall, I mean, we're bound to have at least five, maybe more yeah. like seven jobs open. It's going to be really interesting to see who takes these jobs. Obviously, we have one of the candidates playing in the national championship or coaching in the national championship tomorrow, Jim Harbaugh, maybe have his pick of True. the litter there. You know, there's going to be some other coordinators who have certainly, you know, Possibilities, obviously, They're Bill Belichick. Slowick. I don't know. I don't remember where he was from, but I heard them talking about that. Houston. Guy a lot. He's Houston. off the Shanahan tree. He was their OC this year. Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator in LA. You know, you 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 may see some other names pop up in the next few weeks. Ben Johnson, the OC Probably at Detroit. Enemy, maybe. Maybe he gets um, a shot. Eric Bienemy, the OC with Washington. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. In Dallas, um, so all these guys could be names that we start hearing about ramp up here in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what happens. Obviously, like I said, Bill Belichick, if he is available, will be a guy who I would imagine will be coaching next year. I just don't know. It doesn't sound like it's going to be in New England. We'll see. Um, well, I want so, this kind of similar vein of your guy, Pete Carroll. Derek Henry, I know he had that little speech at the end. I didn't really get to listen mm-hmm. to it. I didn't hear. I wasn't paying too he much. Said, he said goodbye to Titans fans. Uh huh. So and I mean, it feels like he's a free agent this off season. So it feels like maybe he and management have already had a conversation. That's yeah. like, hey, I'm I mean, he probably be gone. got the hint during the year too. Like they they were they weren't really running him nearly as much as they used to. And I mean, that's got a lot of tread on the tires for a running back for sure. He's like thirty something. What's funny is. He went out on a vintage performance today. Yeah, he that did was indeed well. his last game. He, <laughs> he killed the Jags. Titties. Yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, awesome I think he today, always so. does. I think that's actually like a, a, a true stat that he always goes crazy against them. But I mean, I don't know. I'm sure someone will take a chance on him. Maybe, maybe the Cowboys. That wouldn't be maybe. a bad spot to land. Maybe <laughs> Philly. There was a lot of rumors about Philly trying to trade for him in the offseason. Really. Um, yeah, oh, they did say that. I do remember that actually. But, maybe the yeah, Chargers are in the market for a running back if Austin Eckler doesn't mm, return there. 
That's a nice yeah. There could option. be a lot of number, a new number. Maybe the Falcons want to add a fourth running back to their <laughs> running back room. Who knows? Who I mean, knows? maybe after maybe after today with our guy Bijan, they maybe they move him outside. We'll get to Who that knows? later. <laughs> um, but getting to turning our attention to the playoffs here, the stuff that matters. Um, Philly. Lost another game today. They limp in the playoffs one in five in their mm. last six games. It was an embarrassing loss. And it bad. I mean, you know, just looking at the first, the a- NFC matchups are set. So we'll look at those matchups first. But just looking, the four seeded Buccaneers host the five seed Eagles. Interesting matchup considering the Philly, Philly has not looked good. This is a rematch of yeah. a week three game this year. Philly didn't actually dominate, but they beat the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an intriguing matchup, Joe. What do you think? I think now, I think it's definitely going to be a lot closer than anyone probably thinks. I have, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a couple things built in around that game later on in the show. But, yeah, Philly not only winning one of their last six is crazy, considering everyone thought, you know, straight to the Super Bowl again, maybe maybe a tough game versus the Niners in the, the championship. But now it's looking like Philly doesn't even – low-key make it past that first round against the Bucks. It's been bad all mm-hmm. around. And, I mean, we talked about it for a while. Maybe maybe not as much as people would think, but we definitely said that when those close games all year and late in the year, that's when you need to be playing your best ball and losing badly, especially the Giants today. Like, Yeah, after, after this stretch of ball and the way the Buccaneers' defense seems to play at home, I wouldn't be shocked if... Tampa is actually favored in that game. That Slightly. would shock me. I, I would assume it's going to be lower, maybe anything. But I could like see Tampa by like, like a three, point. But I could see Tampa by see. a point just because the other thing is A.J. Brown got hurt today. Yeah, I I, I don't know what happened. They haven't I heard that when I was listening. We don't know if it's serious yet. I haven't seen anything declaring the seriousness of that injury, but – um. That's still that's something to that's not something to be uh turning your nose up at. Like that could be a really big important deal there. So uh yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I think I could see I could see Tampa being favored. Slightly, slight favorites. Uh-huh. Or maybe even maybe even a pick'em. Yeah. Um yeah, taking like into account the, the home field advantage you would bake in for Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Um Moving to the three six matchup, I mean it's the dream playoff matchup. It's probably and the best. The media is going to go crazy them. all this week. <laughs> it's the Lions, everyone's favorite upstart. Yeah. It's Dan Campbell. It's this scrappy Lions team that has built it the right way through the draft, through big yeah. picks, through marquee names and players that are playing big big ball right now. They're They've got big stones. They go for it on fourth down. They go for two. They do all the stuff, right? It's everyone's like favorite upstart. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Getting the to most, finally it, host it a playoff be, game. Quote, unquote, America's team at the moment, not necessarily as like forever. Yeah. yeah. Don't everyone's take offense. Everyone's in love with them. Fans. Yeah, yeah. Don't take offense. <laughs> okay. They're hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. Mm-hmm. And on the other Crazy. side, you've got the LA Rams, the team that everyone said was dead, the team that said, Yep. You know, everyone said they traded all their picks. Their window's gone. They traded for Stafford. They won their Super Bowl, but they're done now. Well, now all of a sudden they have a similar build in terms of all their best guys are Rams draft picks, except for Stafford, the one guy they traded for. <laughs> who comes home for his first game back mm-hmm. in Detroit 
in the playoffs, it is fitting and it's got to be terrorizing for Detroit fans. They finally get to host a playoff game. And who do you have to see? The guy you traded away. The guy you traded away in 2021 in the offseason. You have to see him for the first time back in Detroit. And it's in a playoff game. What a nightmare. For Lions fan, I, I mean, I'm literally, just, it would honestly, be like seeing the ghosts of like whatever's past. You know what I mean? Just you wake up, you got your man, and you're like, oh, we've seen this plenty of times. Like the way it, I don't want it to play out this way, but him getting a late drive to win, or like seeing yeah. him like like oh. getting getting somewhat Rick injured Lions in the game, and Lions then just fans like a, a dart yeah. win, like that would be something. Like one of those where the Lions are up. Times. Yeah, the Lions are up. It's like they're up two scores, eight minutes to go. Yeah. All of a sudden, Stafford scores. Lions fans are getting nervous. The Rams get a stop. <laughs> yeah, now Stafford stop. has the ball with a chance to win. And it's just, you just know, like, it's one of those. It definitely yeah. feels like it's yeah. going to be one of those. I don't um, want to see it play out that way, but it's such it a rich, make, make sense. Rich storyline kind of game. It's mm, the best game of sure. the weekend. It's, it's got to be. And then you go to the next game, the two seated Cowboys who have been. Freaking fantastic. They've been yeah. like the best Especially team in the NFL home. when they get to play at home this year. Yeah. When they get to play at home, they're arguably the best team in the league versus the youngest team to make the playoffs <laughs> in like 25 years or whatever it is, the Packers. Jordan mm-hmm. Love replacing the legend, right? He gets his yeah. team in his first year That's starting sure. to the playoffs after starting like three and six, I think, two and six. They were they were awful. And uh he gets his team into the playoffs in that first year, and they're going to be playing the Cowboys, and it's two brands, brand mm-hmm. names. Cowboys, yeah. Packers, I mean, those are two of the best brands in football right there with the Steelers. Like when you're talking yeah, about OG, sure. best brands, those are the three teams you think of. You get a matchup, Cowboys, Packers. It doesn't really get better than these matchups we got in the NFC. I think we got three pretty good games. Yeah, Now, that's for sure. the Packers are going to have to be able to run the ball to stay in that game with Dallas and not let Dallas run away with it. But mm-hmm. I think we got three great storylines, three really good games. Should be some good stuff. Um, I'm excited for the NFC games. Yeah, I think the the Packers game, I think it's going to see how they could do with their matchups on their receivers because the Cowboys sling the rock like no other. And it's not necessarily – I don't think I don't think they have the best run game. I've mentioned that a couple times, but – I mean, they did it. They did well today with Dowdle running. I heard uh, while I was listening at the gym, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Maybe, maybe they figure that out later in the year. Now, considering playoff ball, they switch up things a little bit. Not necessarily rely on CD or, you know, maybe even Cooks down in the red zone. And it could be a fun game for sure. I agree. So we got that. Then we go over to the AFC. And obviously the AFC, we have one matchup that we know of. The Texans, who won the division. Such a great story this year. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. They will host the Browns, who are a great story in their own right. The team Mm -hmm. went through five different starting quarterbacks this year, including Driscoll starting today. They obviously found the best one of the bunch, which was Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco By the yeah. way, they're going to have a weird offseason with Deshaun Watson. I mean, (laughs) they're still paying Deshaun. All that guaranteed money feels like they can't really move on from him. Mm -mm. Anyway, um, for now, their guy is Joe Flacco. And the defense has been incredible all year. Um, 
Now, the one thing we'll, I will say, if you look at their home road splits, they're a much better team at home than they are on the road. They will okay. have to be on the road for majority of the playoffs. And yep. two, defensively specifically, they are one of the best defenses in the NFL at home. Uh-huh. They're more closer to mediocre to good on the road defensively. So Houston gets the host. This should be a fun game. It, I mean, it's going to be Joe Flacco over CJ Stroud throwing freaking bombs all over yeah, the field. That would be what sure. I guess. Yeah, CJ Stroud is going to be looking to light up the deep ball we saw with Nico Collins on Saturday. Joe Flacco slinging it like no other as well. He's, I think he's been putting up like 300 plus in all the games he's played. Crazy. Except maybe that Rams game. I don't know if he did it that day, but all the he ones he's really won good that for day. sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it'll so be now, a, a shootout probably for sure. Yeah, I would imagine so. I think both defenses are good, but the quarterbacks just love to huck and chuck. So, yeah. um, Now, the last two matchups here in the AFC come down to this Bills-Dolphins uh, Sunday night football game. And so to, before we tell you what those matchups look like, we'll update you here. Um, the game is 0-0 to start the second quarter. Um, we've already seen three interceptions sh- thrown. Two was thrown one, and Josh Allen's thrown two. So um, the game's starting off with a bang. Um, Defense is playing well. So if the Dolphins were to win tonight, then the 3-6 matchup would be Chiefs-Steelers, and the 2-7 would be Dolphins-Bills. So we just get a rematch. Run it back, Bills go right back to Miami. (laughs) Would would you even travel home at that point? Like. (laughs) It's probably snowing in Depends. New York, low key. Philosophy. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depends on the philosophy there. Opposite end of the spectrum, Bills win. Then the three six would be Chiefs Dolphins. We'd get that Tyreek okay. going back to Arrowhead matchup, mm-hmm. and then Bills Steelers, which would be kind of fun. So, yeah, um, I think personally, from a matchup standpoint. The more fun matchups are Bills, Steelers, Chiefs, Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I was going to say I'd love as to opposed see to seeing Chiefs, Steelers, more headlines and, out of Tyreek going yeah. to Chiefs, and yeah. so so I think I'm kind of I'm not rooting for the Bills, but if I had a preference on as to who wins tonight, I guess that would be my preference, just yeah. because I want to see those matchups. But uh, you know, it'll work itself <laughs> out either way. Um, either either set of matchups is still fun and, and it's good, but yeah, I think Chiefs. Dolphins, Bills, Steelers is a little bit more fun. Yeah, um, just because definitely we saw the Chiefs, Dolphins in in London earlier this year or Germany. Was it Germany? No, I London. Was, I want to say no. I think Germany I think was, was the Jags Germany. game. Uh, I don't, I don't know, know. Jags stayed in London. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right in Germany. I think it was Germany. Talking. So, yeah. um, but now we get to see it in the states in Arrowhead. It's going to be freaking like ten degrees. <laughs> um yeah so like it'll just be, be fun. frozen out there Run you know Mahomes the versus Tua Tyreek back in Arrowhead McDaniel mm. versus Andy Reid just that's a fun matchup plus Bill's Steelers I think the way Mason Rudolph is playing at quarterback for the Steelers right now that's kind mm. of a fun game too so I don't know we'll see we'll see what we get here of all the matchups though outside I know I think we both really like Lions Rams and that's not even yeah. Because I'm a Rams fan, I think that's just the best, the best matchup, just the most storylines. Outside of that game, what's your favorite game? What game would you be looking forward to the most? Ooh, let me – honestly, I think just – we kind of talked about it already with the AFC segment, but the Texans-Browns, I mean, you got the young, the young gun versus the old vet. You know what I mean? 
two dudes that sling the rock. It, I, that sounds fun. You got a, the rookie coach, and I don't know how long was this Stefanski? Is that the Browns coach? I don't know how long he's been there. I think it's like six years or something. I don't I know. I think it's year four. Four? There you go. Goes to show I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, way I see it, that that seems really fun. Let those dudes duke it out. Let the offense put on a show for everyone, especially in Houston where they haven't seen a home playoff game in a couple of years. So I like that one. If too. if we were to get it, I think my favorite matchup would be Chiefs Dolphins. If yeah, we don't get that get matchup, that. then I'm very interested in Buccaneers Eagles. Just because yeah. I want to see if the Eagles, Let if the that championship fly. DNA can come out when they need to pull it out in the playoffs. And I want to see Baker Mayfield keep doing what he's been doing in the regular season and let it translate to a postseason game. I was going to say, is he okay? Didn't he get hurt today? Um, yes, he was hurt going into the game today. Yeah, he's he finished, but yeah. Okay. He's, Okay. Baker. Nervous time. It he's out. Baker, dude. He's tough. He's tough. <laughs> um, Sounds like Baker. <laughs> all right. Let's get to our uh, final awards. You know, we're trying to get to watch this Sunday night football game like the rest of you. So we're yep. going to get through our awards and uh, and we'll be back, obviously, like I said, later this week with uh, the in-depth playoff previews once we know the games for sure. So our last awards of the year, Jody, who you got? Tukwa Gamer of the Week. I, I kind of touched on it briefly when we talked about the Texans early on, but I went with Nico Collins. Nothing says more gamer than going nine for nine on your catches, 195 yards, a touchdown. Low key could have had two touchdowns, but he got horse collared right there at like the five. And he opened the game with a touchdown, 75 yards, bro. Come on. That was wild to see. Just my man went crazy. Him and CJ Stroud were lighting it up together and, you know, making magic happen on the field. So Nico Collins, he has my game of the week this week. I love that pick because you know where Nico Collins went to school. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm not good with college, bro. I don't, you know that. I don't really pay attention much it's, to college uh, football in general, but I don't know where nobody goes. For those for those who aren't watching, I'm wearing a Michigan sweatshirt, and uh, so he went to Michigan. A lot of funny jokes. A lot of funny jokes there because the Big Ten Championship is played in Indy. So everyone was saying, hey, congratulations to C.J. Stroud for finally playing in Indy. Then Uh the next joke was, it's fitting (laughs) that C.J. Stroud's first touchdown pass in Indy is to a Michigan receiver. So that makes sense. All of that is funny. Um, (laughs) I'm also going with the receiver, one that probably you won't expect for my Gamer of the Week this week. And the reason that he's a gamer is because his team really was out of it. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter. He put on a show. Justin Jefferson. Um, his team might not be going to the playoffs this year. They went 7-10. and 10. Just yeah. like I accurately predicted on this podcast before <laughs> the season. Um, but he still had a great year. He got to 1,000 1, receiving yards today. Just his 10th game of the year. That's insane. That means the guy's averaging over 100 yards receiving a game. Um, yeah, 12 wild. catches, 192 yards, and a touchdown, despite losing to the Lions today. Um, the Vikings need to make sure he gets taken care of in the offseason, both financially mm-hmm. and by getting him a quarterback. That's Maybe retaining sure. Kirk Cousins. Just saying. I don't know. That might be in their plans. I don't know. Maybe they draft it, go, go up to take one. There was a huge rumor this week. I don't know if you saw this. said they tried to trade like five first-round picks to get up and take Anthony Richardson in last year's draft. Oh, so I did I see wonder that. Like later today. We'll see. We'll see if uh, – 
if they're aggressive trying to draft a quarterback this year, if they were that mm-hmm. aggressive last year, or if they bring back Kirk Cousins, we'll see. Um, but overall, dog of the week or gamer of the week, uh, Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Now, dog of the week. Is <laughs> uh, my dog of the week is going to Bijan. I kind of teased it as well. He went crazy from the receiving end. He went seven catches on eight targets, 103 yards and a touchdown, 11 carries, 28 yards. You know, my dogs, I always like to have in uh, running backs early on for sure. I got I kind of went back to my roots right here with this one. That touchdown, I believe, was like 40-ish yards. I seen it on red zone earlier in the day on my lunch. And, you know, nothing says closing out the year like that, even though, you know, they couldn't pull it off in that in that Saints game. But when I was watching, they were winning until, you know, in the back end they, they got pulled out of water. So, yeah, B. John Robinson lining it up on the receiving end, kind of kind of doing a little bit of a CMC Im- imitation, you know, because he wasn't here this week. So that's who I went with this week. Nice. Love it. Um, good rookie year for Bijan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the minor up. setback for a major comeback. And I'm going with the often um, not talked about unless they do something wrong. However, um, also like absolutely destroyed when they do things wrong. The kicker. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. with Jake Moody, the rookie kicker for the San Francisco 49ers, who it. also – Happens to be from Michigan, where they called him Money Moody. Right? Yeah. But this year, he's gone 21 of 24 for field goals, 58 for 58 on extra points. He made his first two kicks on the day, extending his extra point streak to 60 out of 60, Man, which was uh, an active, the longest active streak, I think, in the league or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he had, or maybe the longest streak to start a career since they moved it back. Uh, that I don't know. To the, oh, to it the was something like line. that. It was something yeah, about since um, they moved it, it was the longest yeah. streak or something. Yeah. Um, and then he missed a 38-yard field goal. Then he missed an extra point. So Oof. he finished the day going two for four overall on all his kicks. And uh, missing those last two, you know, not great for, for the guy. Um, but I anticipate the rookie kicker getting back on track when San Francisco hosts a divisional playoff game. He's mm-hmm. don't call him money moody for no reason. So I, I expect yeah. him to get back on track. I think he'll be okay. We'll get back. I mean, he's got a week to, to figure it out, you know, practice, get, get his leg a little bit back on yeah. track yeah. and then get back into the game. But let's see. Um, this leads us to our no cap hats off. Looks like no cap got hats one off, of the, baby. Got one out of that Saints game that we've been talking about. Which so is what happened. Third quarter. Right, the game is tied at 17. This was the play that broke the game open. Okay. Chris Olave. Right? Derek Carr just throws up a prayer essentially uh-huh. like a like a like a hey, 50-50 ball for Chris Olave in the uh-huh. in the end zone. DB had a good play on it. Chris Olave caught the ball 3 times. He caught it once, popped up, caught it twice, popped up, caught it a third time <laughs> in the end zone for the touchdown. Puts the Saints up 24-17 in the third quarter. They never looked back. Ended up winning the game 48-17. to So they scored, uh, what was that, 31 unanswered points. Mm-hmm. And it started with that Chris Olave triple catch in the t- in the end zone to uh, put them up. And they never looked back after that. I was going to say earlier, too, when you talked about the Jamal Williams touchdown, you could throw, you could have thrown that one here, too. Low key. Just fake, fake the the kneel and get a tutty. Honestly, that could have been it. I mean, there's a lot of no cap hats off in that game. To be uh-huh. quite frank with you, um, 
So, all right. We're moving on to the Strahan Munoz Big Fellow Award. And it sounds like you've got a big fellow on the Bengals that you want to highlight. Yeah, so, you know, last week I, I fumbled on not only – knowing what team my dude was on. So I've made sure at least I'm looking at his number and the team, and I have his name over here on my paper. So 73 on the Bengals, who I'm wrong with. It's going to be Jonah Williams right here. He's You know what's crazy? Bama. He's our age. I'm sure. Yeah. Bama. Out of Bama. You should start doing Bama this. Every time I say someone, you should say where they went. And if you don't know. Yeah, anyone, I'll help you. I'll get your game up, dude. I'll get your game up. But, yeah, he's our age. I didn't know that. 26 when I pulled up where he was from. Or – you know, his number. I always look at the number on the game, and then eventually I'll look over at who it is. Yeah. Let's see. Today, he let up two assisted tackles. One of those was, like, fluky. The dude already was stopped in the backfield, and then his guy made it to, like, you know, get the, like, gang tackle on him. Uh, let's see. He has great eyes, bro. There was a play where he chose the right dude on the stunt, so he had help from the, the running back on the pass pro. He Instead of taking the, the dude that came over the top, he took the dude, uh, rode the dude under. His back came and stopped that dude. It was pretty. Let's see. What other notes do I have? He's a right guard. I should say that. Not many times I, I highlight them. Or, or right tackle, I'm sorry. And let's see. He has a good kick step on his pass pro. It's deep. And he's got a nice... He keeps his hands loose. So, like, he, he, he either... Just creates separation and holds the dude out right there, you know. Then just stops him in his tracks. Or he'll get the punches in and not let them, like, get hands on him. Kind of a nice... He's good in pass. He, he's good in the run game, too. They, they do a lot of down blocks, which I didn't realize till today in the Bengals offense. So he was good at getting up to that, that linebacker if he ever had to go up that mm. way. So, so they're yeah. all running a lot of gap scheme today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, bro, I, I didn't... I, I wanted to write it down. The the Bengals rushing went crazy today. I I know Joe Mixon was over a hundred at like the third quarter. It, it was they, they were putting on a clinic today versus the Browns. I mean they kind of probably pulled everyone, but you know got to get the dub still one way or another. Yeah. Um. All right. My big fellow award is gonna go to Chris Jones, and not because he had like a crazy day. This yeah. man earned a one point two million dollar incentive today by securing a sack mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Gave him ten and a half sacks on the season. You gotta love the big fellas earning big incentives. Come on yeah. now, this the podcast's a big fan of that. We love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to uh, Jadavion Clowney with the Ravens. He did something similar. He, His yeah, bonus wasn't as one. big, but he also secured a bag as <laughs> I well. I think there so was a dude on the Saints as well, if I'm not mistaken, that got one. He ended up doing week a little 18. dance move. Yeah, yeah, the Week 18 incentive push. People kind of forget about that one a lot of the time. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, all right, Jody. So we got to go to the who's cooking award. You know, we highlight quarterbacks who are cooking or maybe not anything very good, but, um, I'll start on this one. Yeah, I got a pair for the first time ever. This is the first time we've ever given this award out where I'm giving it out to two quarterbacks from a single game. One baby, a two for one. You're getting a two for one special today. All right. Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. All right. The Rams Niners was a matchup of. To top five, you know, former top five quarterbacks yeah. um, in terms of draft picks, trying to restore their careers. Great head coaches, great offenses, mm-hmm. and the teams with not as much to play for, resting their star quarterbacks, their their Pro Bowl quarterbacks, in favor of these guys who are both trying to restore their careers. 
And uh, they didn't disappoint, to be honest with you. Wentz, he was 17 of 24, 163 yards, two touchdowns. He had one pick. Mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily his fault. It was kind of a tip ball that got um, tipped to the line of scrimmage. Then Tutu Otwell couldn't quite catch it. Tipped again. Interception. Oh, yeah. um, he also had 17 rushes. Yeah, he had a lot of runs. For 56 <laughs> yards. And the game tying, which proved to be game winning, touchdown after they went for two and got it. Sam mm-hmm. Darnold on the other side, 16 of 26, 189 yards, one touchdown, no picks, seven rushes okay. for 19 yards, and a touchdown of his own. Ooh. Did have the fumble at the end, um, but again, pressure was getting into him. Can't necessarily say it was 100% all his fault. Thought he played really well. Um, both guys, they put their teams in position to win. A very entertaining game that was what many considered meaningless. It was not meaningless for these guys. It was very meaningful for both of them to showcase that they still have a lot of talent and they may be guys, you know, you look at what happened with Baker Mayfield last year in L.A. to finish the year. He gets the yeah. starting gig mm-hmm. in Tampa, then has a good year. There may be a team like Atlanta or Washington who says, hey, we don't get a quarterback right. in the draft. Maybe you say a Sam Darnold or a Carson Wentz is a cheap option that we can go get and let that guy be a guy at least for a year while we're yeah. paying him cheap money until we can figure it out. And maybe it works out like it did with Baker Mayfield and Tampa. So both these guys did some good stuff for themselves and their careers today. Yeah, that's for sure. I know, I, I know Carson Wentz had some clutch, like QB sneaks down the, down at the end too, get the first down, keep the drive rolling. So yeah, yeah it was fun watching him come back in. I, I know I, the first game we brought him in, I was, or like he didn't play, but like, you know, he was in the building. I saw him on the sideline. I took a picture of him. I was like, hey, this, this, is, the, this is the guy that's going to bring us back. And low-key, since that day, I think that's when the Rams started winning all these games. And, you know, <laughs> not saying he's the reason, but, you know, he was there at the very start when, it, when things were looking dicey a little bit. But yeah. my, my Who's Cooking Award is going to go to Jake Browning. So I know I already talked about the linemen doing well in the Bengals game. But the – I mean, he did have a good game. Let me tell you these numbers real quick. So he went, where are we at? 18 for 24, 156. So 18 for 24 on his passes, 156 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, two carries, 18 yards. But more importantly, what I wanted to to talk about was this dude had four offsides on the hard count, bro. Just... Wow. And and these were like clutch, like you're in the within the other team's ten. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to trying to get out, get a little space, get to drive rolling, and he pulled it out. Or I guess it was his ten, I should say. Right? That's how that works. So yeah, that that was what what caught my eye for sure. Just the way he was able to to get those those dudes jumping off sides was huge. And then he had a a really early day. They benched him like right in like towards the end of the third brought in their their backup to him and let him close out the game. So Jake Brown was looking nice today too. Good for Jake Brown. He had a good year playing for for uh Joey B. Yeah. Proved I think that he's a legitimate backup oh, in this definitely. league for a long time. Definitely um looked good for a lot of games. Let's get to one of our favorite awards. And I'm not gonna lie, it's kinda surprised you didn't pick someone else for this award. And I'm excited to hear what you say. The Boo Boo Evans Award of week 18, who's it go to, Joe? Well, I want to know your answer first because I want to know what game you're you're talking about. I thought you were going to give it to the to the tandem of Gardner Minshew and Goodson in the Colts game. <laughs> just just the pass being a little off target and the guy yeah, that, hit his okay. hands with him not catching it on the fourth he, and two. 
I thought I thought it was going to be a Boo Boo Evans Award moment. I'm not going to lie. I, I but... Okay, so for one, I don't know why they put him in the game that late. I don't I, trust me. I don't. Jonathan I don't Taylor. even. I don't know. Yeah, that's I what don't I'm know. saying though. He was I'm doing gonna... well, running the ball all game, and then nope. they bring in nope. that dude who I'd never never seen. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying much close attention to the game, but I didn't see him probably at all from what I was watching. You know, I was on my phone a little bit. Not gonna lie, but. Yeah, that was a questionable call. He did he did cross my mind, but this one it ties in the the team going one and six or one and five down the stretch. Jalen hurts, man. So let me tell you, I have a I have a late championship in fantasy, and I thought you know the Eagles need to get right right before the playoffs, get a nice win in the divisional game, you know, against the Giants. Boy, was I wrong. This dude went <laughs> seven for sixteen. 55 yards, one pick, two carries for four yards. His his stats or his score was .2, bro. I had Dak Prescott on my bench who lit it up and got like 25. Not to mention my dude gets benched and they send in Mar- Mariota because, you know, it's already <laughs> they're down 24 to nothing, I believe, when they did this. Uh, and, you know, yeah. you don't want to risk injury. But also, how do you want to go into the playoffs also, his smoke. middle finger was messed up. If you saw that, oh, was that was really? weird I looking. See that. Yeah, I thought that was also part of why they took him out. His middle finger Probably was bent the wrong true. way. But yeah, um, that's not pretty. I mean, I know I could have thrown him for my Who's Cooking Award, but I think it was more fitting here considering the things that we've seen in the past six weeks. So it's just, it's all bad yeah. in Philly right now. I wanted to, I don't know if I want to put it out there in the world, but I was going to congratulate them on punching a ticket to Cancun because, you know, I don't know. They're they're not looking like things are gonna end up well in the playoffs. So yeah, Jalen hurts, man. Good good luck Fair in enough. the playoffs. Figure it out. I hope. Um, it's gonna bring us update. to our standing on business award. Oh, go ahead, my bad. Update on Sunday night football: seven seven. Four minutes to go Ooh. in the second quarter. Good game. All right, we got some scores. Um, the standing on business award: the Cowboys. The most frequent award winner. Might want to just. Yeah, I was gonna say you did say it to the Cowboys award. I might. Um, They won it again. This is the fourth time that they've won this award this year. We've only had Mm -hmm. it for the back half of the season. There's only been like eight award winners of this. They've won half of them. Um, (laughs) Thirteen and a half point favorites to secure the NFC East title today, and they smash Washington thirty-eight ten. The Cowboys, you are standing on business. Have been for sure. All right. Now for our last turnover on downs of the of the NFL season right here. First and 10. I'm I'm coming at you with the trend, right? So this is not necessarily a brand new trend, but it's something that I watched a lot this week. And and actually in the college football playoff games, I thought I saw a bunch of it. A lot of power read or power RPO stuff. All right. And so what that means mm-hmm. is the quarterback has the option to run power or in this case, give it to the back to out leverage the defense. If it's true RPO, which is what Alabama tried to run at the end of the game, you can motion the back out and then throw it to him or run the power. So here's what you get. All right, Carson Wentz, we're going to motion this back. Zach Evans offset to him. Yeah. Once again, if you're not watching on YouTube, Highly recommend. So Carson Wentz, he's got Zach Evans in the pistol. He motions him up 
to okay. uh, to work side by side with him, right? On the snap, you're going to get the back going shoulders to the line of scrimmage, coming straight across. You're going to pull the backside guard and down block with everyone else. So you got a tight end. He's going to reach the end. We're going to get a down block, down block, down block. This backside tackle, going to down block to the backside backer. So what you're doing then is you're leaving the front side defensive end free. Tutu Atwell is going to try and get out here and get leverage on the slot corner. You're going to block the corner up top with the receiver. You're going to leave the front side play side defensive end unblocked, and your puller is getting the play side backer. So what you're trying to do, block everyone except for the play side end, and then let that end man on the line of scrimmage tell you what to run. If he attacks the quarterback and he goes inside, you give it to the running back who's pretty fast and Zach Evans going (laughs) towards the edge of the defense where you've got two on two with blockers and theoretically a one-on-one then with the safety who's 15 yards deep right now. You love that as an offense. Or if the end stays flat and the back's motion to the sideline or the action to the sideline influences him, the quarterback can then keep it, get north and south right now and follow his puller. All right, so we'll see how this plays out for the Rams. They ran... Carson won 17 times today. They ran different <laughs> variations of power read or power RPO. It was very interesting, actually. So you can see it right here. The shoulders, the way they are, of Randy Gregory, I actually say that maybe this should be a give here. However, yeah, Wentz oh. is too, too nasty with it, influences him, expects Gregory to turn his flip his shoulders. He does. And by the time he does that, Wentz keeps it. And now look at the blocking. Down, down, down. Down, right, follow up the guard in the hole. Ooh. And it's a and it's a big time gain, you know, about a seven yard gain on second and eight. So good stuff from Wentz. Really good stuff from McVeigh, especially considering that that's not part of their normal offense. They don't Matthew Stafford, they don't run power read with Matthew Stafford, right? Yeah. Um, no, no, so this is this was fun. This is a fun <laughs> wrinkle to watch. And I would not put it past McVeigh to maybe throw Wentz in there, a player two, in the playoff game against Detroit with the amount of success they had running Wentz today. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, wouldn't put it past McVay to do that once or twice. I mean, we've seen a cut. That's like what the Saints do with Taysom Hill. They'll get him in there a couple times a game and let him run something similar, maybe not RPO, but like play action. Or not play action, I'm sorry. Uh, Where are the words? QB run game? No, 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 not RPO. Like either, either a design run. No, because they don't. I don't think it's more just burnout stuff. Just no, just reads, just reads. Not, not, not having the read to the pass. But just, just zone read, just, zone yeah, read, power read stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. I, you know, I'm lost, lost of words. But yeah, something similar to that for sure. I could see happening. Second down. You know, I normally give you the bet for next week, but at the moment with the uncertainty of the AFC. Playoff picture. They're, they haven't put out the lines yet, but I'll give you some things to look forward to that you might want to put some money on. I'm going to say, for one, Cowboys money line. We talked about them at home being great. So I don't I don't know what the odds will be for that, what the, the minus will be. But if it's a good number, you know, go ahead and take that. I, I would like that for sure. Even their spread, you know, they, they've done this four times. You know, big spreads, they take the dub still by that amount or more. And I was going to say anything around like five ish because, you know, playoffs, I'm sure it's going to make that number a little bit smaller. 
anything around five between one and five, I would say is a good number to have them. And if it's bigger, maybe you take the Packers because, you know, playoff ball, things are going to be a little funky. And then I have the Bucks spread. Now, I don't, I don't plan on it being them the favorite, but mm-hmm. I would like them, whatever it is, as if it's them being the underdog. Anything between like five-ish, I would say is solid. So like five and a half, five, somewhere around there would be good. I think they could either one win in general, or it's a safe bet to say it's going to be a close ball game in my eyes. And then a little prop bet for you, I'd say CD Lamb yards and or reception is probably a good safe bet. The the Bucks, their their receiving is kind of tough because you could expect Chris Godwin to go off and it's a Mike Evans game, you know what I mean? So they're always a little dicey to pick. I'm not not fond on those ones, but those are just like the quick ones I would say off the rip. You could probably even do maybe a little bit of Jordan Love run, rushing yards, whatever that may be. He's he's been solid in the run game. Like, I don't know. Just a few I'd keep my eyes open for, see what it comes out to. Maybe maybe they look nice later on. Okay. All right. And I'm still checking that score at the two minute warning. We're still seven seven. Miami on Buffalo's end of the field. They got a third and three. Critical third and three here. Okay. okay. We're going to the third down breakdown. We're gonna go to Green Bay. And it doesn't get much more clutch than this, all right? Green Bay, they're up 7-6 to six, um, on Chicago. Chicago's defense has been playing really well as of late. And Green Bay needs to win an in. If they win, they're in. If they lose, they are out. There was no other way to get in other than win today. All right, so you got third and three in the red zone. You kick a field goal here, it keeps Chicago really in the game. Yeah, you get a touchdown, right. it really puts pressure on Chicago. And they're able to score here on this third and three in the red zone. And it's really just because Jordan Love throws an absolute laser. So from a schematic standpoint, what you're getting here, the Bears are playing tight cover three in the red zone. They're going to man the corners essentially. And you're going to get two flat defenders, two hook defenders, and a backer who's going to play – or a safety who's going to play the middle of the field, but he's going to play it right at the goal line, right? Because it's three by one, it bumps a little. So your flat defender is a DB. And what they did is they brought their other safety over to be the the uh, hook defender here. That leaves your other backer as the hook defender and your last backer as the flat defender backside. Okay? But you're really one-on-one with the corner, so he's there for the back is really what he's looking at. Now, because this nickel co- uh, corner up top is a flat player, he get, he's going to carry the vertical. He's going to carry it from outside leverage. So what happens and what the mistake that the Bears make there, you're going to see they don't push, which means they don't pass defenders here with these routes. Oh, okay. And Jordan you. Love throws such a laser that it gets in between the nickel corner and this, and it's not long enough up the field for the safety to make a play. So you'll see it here. It's just really good quarterback play from Jordan Love. Now, right here, this is a oh, push call. Those two, I think. I'll take this one. That hook defender can't run here. He's got to sit, right? He's got to sit here because we're pushing over. So I, as a backer, am pushing this DB to play underneath two so he can play outside two, and then we've still got one on the vertical of two, and we're playing man-to-man up top, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll see what happens is he gets underneath three, but he doesn't push 
the other DB to get underneath two. And because he's okay, on top and outside, there's a window there. See it? Yeah. And this throw happens so quick, the safety can never get there. So now he catches it at the five, and Tavion Wicks just punishes his way into the end zone. It's a great throw from Jordan Love. Yeah. Didn't give the defense to make a chance. Now it's a little mistake by the Bears, but you can see it from this angle really well too. The backside, you can see Jordan Love recognizes coverage. He knows they're, he's got outside leverage and on top, and they're, he sees they're not pushing. See, if you can see from this angle, yeah. he should push over and he should push under, right? But they don't. This DB stays on Jaden Reed in the slot, and it leaves it wide open for Detavion Wicks with an outside leverage defender where Jordan Love can just put it on him, yeah. and he scores. Big-time stuff. Um, nice. You know, Jordan Love has gotten better as the season went. He was a guy that I had a lot of confidence in going into the season. Not everyone felt the same way, and especially after the way he started the year, um, yeah, not everyone was feeling sure. great about him. There was there was a moment where it was like, hey, are the Packers going to be in the market for a quarterback? And you know, after that, after the way the season ended and how everything went, uh, I don't. I think he answered a lot of questions. I don't think they'll be in the market for a quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, you sold him on me, or sold me on him. I mean. Earlier in the year, I I thought there was a lot of question marks. He started looking good. I actually had him on my fantasy team as my backup. He he did well. And I will say another one I thought of for a bet, you could do Jaden Jaden Reed yards. He's been he's been looking nice on that too. So mm. but let's see, four down of the turnover on down is gonna be the bad beat. Now I got a couple couple right here for you, all prop bets. So for one, I had Chris Godwin yards, like I said. They're iffy, and he got 51. My number was 52 and a half. That's tough. We, I seen a Brandon Cooks one, 40 and a half. The dude got 39. And hmm. Devin Singletary, this one, the toughest one. His was 63 and a half, and he got 63. That's the, the killer Oof. right there, the half a yard. Oof. So all those a little dicey, you know. Hate to see it, but some people, you know, they make their money. Some people, they get they got on the wrong side of it. So, yeah, those are all tough. That's tough. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got the banger of the week. Um, I'm gonna do a little tip of the cap to myself. Last night, I had an idea, uh-huh. and that idea turned into a dinner. And Ooh, so we're going okay. with the food this week. I made nice. a uh, chicken rare and shrimp Cajun pasta. Okay, right. so where's the Cajun coming to play? On the shrimp or? Okay, so how, so how I'll tell you Cajun? how I cooked it. I'll break it down for you, all right? All right. So you take a little little chicken, right? Chicken mm-hmm. breast, cut it in half long ways. Okay. You, doubt, you, yeah, yeah. you put a little um, Cajun seasoning, like McCormick Cajun seasoning on it. Yeah. Then a little bit of uh, um, flour, and then you cook it in some olive oil. Ba, ba, ba. Okay. You know, yep. sear it I on every you. side, yada, yada, yada. Set the chicken aside. Similar deal with the shrimp, just without the flour, but Cajun seasoning, same thing, shrimp, blah, 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 set it aside. Then we put a little white wine in the pan that we used to cook the chicken and the shrimp. Yep. Uh, Let that roll. Then we put some garlic, some butter, um, some tomato paste, and uh, a mixture of seasonings with like half and half and honey. Put all that in in there. We're we're scooping it around, you know, slowly – Slowly whipping it up. Meanwhile, we got the penne pasta cooking on the water, boiling. Yeah. All right. Is that okay? Question: Is that your favorite pasta? 
if you're like making it at home, not necessarily going out to eat somewhere. Uh, the penne. Yeah. If I'm making that kind, if I'm making Cajun style, yeah, yeah, I want the penne. Mm-hmm. Penne style noodles are good. So mm, then, yeah, I like them a lot too. Once I got those done, right, then I pop those back into the sauce. Mm-hmm. Throw the chicken and the Makes shrimp sense. in there. Mix it all around, and voila, you've got yourself this great Cajun chicken and shrimp pasta. And it, okay. I mean, it was good stuff. I mean, I think the combination of all the different spices used in it, um, it was really good. I, I yeah. enjoyed myself that dinner. And uh, what, I made any bread on the side, or I was supposed to, and then I forgot about the bread. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to just do a little French hey, bread okay. with some let butter. The meal, let the meal speak for itself. And then, and then instead, to, I just had the Cajun pasta. It understand. took about, I will say, it took about forty-five minutes to make, just because yeah. the the sauce takes a while. That you got to sear the chicken, do the shrimp. I was gonna say, and sauce you takes do that a while. Properly. Yeah, so it, it did take me a little while, but it was good. It was worth it yeah. for sure. Sounds good for so, sure. Um, maybe, but maybe that's a wrap. That up when you come out here, huh? <laughs> hey, yeah, maybe I'll have to um, but that's a wrap on week 18. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys uh, updated. I guess we'll keep ourselves updated. Oh, the Dolphins just scored. All right, oh, Dolphins Tyreek. up 14 7. Plenty of time TV. before the half for the Bills to to counter, though. Um, but we will uh, we'll be back later this week. I think we're thinking Wednesday. We'll we'll have to verify and figure it out. But to break uh-huh. down all the playoff matchups, we'll give you all the stuff, the important keys to every game. We'll talk about our favorite bets from every game, and uh, we'll make sure that you're fully prepared to watch the games next weekend once we have the schedule and uh, all the all the matchups. But we'll be back later this week. Appreciate you guys uh, listening, watching, subscribing, telling your friends, tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah. And uh, with know. that being said, we'll let our guy take us out, Ray Ray. Ray.
I know you don't know me, but just know I know you. I get choked up when I see you at school. I try to play it cool, so I went and wrote a rhyme. Some kind of smooth, I hope you hear it this time. Play my song, it's all part of the plan. Up late nights, I be lurking through the gram. Gotta find a way to make you call me your man. I'm hoping you a fan. This